Hi, and welcome to the TRU Alumni Podcast, hosted by me, Dustin McIntyre, TRU Alumni Manager and TRU Alumni. I'm joined today by Cecile Tucker. Cecile graduated with her Bachelor of Arts majoring in Psychology in 2015. Cecile went on to complete her Master of Arts in Counseling Psychology and is a registered clinical counselor. Currently, Cecile is a registered counselor and supervisor at Well Mind Counseling in Kamloops, British Columbia. You can find her TikTok account at Cecile Tucker Counseling with over 190,000 followers, 3.6 million likes. Her most viewed video has 22.3 million views. Cecile uses her TikTok account to educate people about counseling and how to help them heal from trauma. Welcome to the podcast, Cecile Tucker. Welcome. Thanks for having me. It's, it's our pleasure. We stumbled upon you on TikTok, actually, and then saw that you're in Kamloops, did some digging, and you're an alumni, and here you are. So we're thrilled to have you. So tell, tell us about yourself a little bit. Yeah, I feel like your intro did a pretty good job of capturing me. Went to TRU, went on to do my master's in counseling, and now I own a counseling agency here in Kamloops where um, I specialize in trauma, specifically childhood trauma, which is similar but a little different than other forms of trauma. And I'm also a supervisor, meaning that I take on students who are in the process of completing their master's degree, and they need to they need to get certain requirements of working with folks in person or virtually to get uh, to finish up their master's degree. So they come, they join me for eight months, and I work with them to help them kind of make sure that they're competent and effective and all those beautiful things so that they can go out into the world and be counselors themselves. Amazing. Why childhood trauma? I think I kind of stumbled upon it, to be honest, of I started being what I would call maybe a bit of a generalist. I would take kind of whatever came into my office and enjoyed working with kind of whoever. And then I found that the cases that I was most inspired about and most interested in all seemed to be childhood trauma related. And so I started doing more training in that area, more reading, more research, and just kind of started um, just niching a little bit more and more into that area. Um, And now pretty much that's all that I do um, is that childhood trauma work. So I was on your TikTok and I was scrolling through it. And then it's like, well, do I have childhood trauma? Um, You know, obviously you're not going to diagnose me, but all of us have a little bit of childhood trauma probably in our lives from something. So maybe you can tell us the difference. And I saw this uh, last night was the difference between big T trauma and little T trauma. I think that's Mm -hmm. a big distinction. Everyone, you know, maybe doesn't understand the definition of trauma. Yeah, so a big T trauma, when we talk about that, we're talking about those instances that most people probably think of when they think of the word trauma. So maybe a sexual assault, maybe a car crash, maybe going to war. Little T trauma are things that probably get swept under the rug more that we often don't think of trauma, um, think of as trauma, excuse me. So for example, maybe a bit of neglect during childhood or your parents not being there for you. And I think you're totally right that often people have experienced little t trauma most people in some aspect have the difference is often in how often it happened and then the support that we get after it so if we go through something difficult as a little person is there someone there after to help us process it or are we left on our own to try and figure it out and as a little person we probably don't have the capabilities to figure that out on our own and that's when it can kind of stick with us and and end up you know needing a little bit more support because we didn't get the support back then Whereas someone who maybe went through something hard and someone was there to process them and help them through it, often, even though they might have gone through the same incident, they might not struggle with the same things today as maybe that person who didn't have that level of support. Sure, that totally makes sense. Um, I have a two-year-old. He screams at me all the time. Am I traumatizing him? Little T or big T? He's good, right? 
Probably not. I don't want to give you a definitive answer, but I mean, probably not, right? Kids have big emotions and what matters is that we help them work through those emotions. We don't expect kids to not have big emotions. And in fact, if we expect them not to, that could be problematic because that's just not a real realistic expectation. But if we help them through those big emotions, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Of someone there to help you process whatever's going on because you don't inherently know how to do it unless someone helps you do it as a little person. Yeah, and for any social workers listening, I'm not actually traumatizing my child. So we're just clear. As well, my wife, not traumatizing Bowen. He's good. Okay. So uh, during the pandemic, uh, many people um, kind of had a lot more introspection and perhaps started going to counseling or went maybe more counseling. Can you talk about that wave of people being more self-conscious of themselves over the pandemic? We spent so much time alone and with our thoughts. What did that look like on the ground for you? Yeah, I say jokingly, but also seriously, that a pandemic is the best time to be a business owner as a counselor, because there was a lot of people wanting that extra help. I think in part because of what you're talking about there, that there was just a lot more time to maybe tune into some things that maybe we usually avoid or stay busy and don't notice. And also there was a lot of isolation, which was really hard for people. And as a trauma counselor, um, there was a lot of parallels of maybe that feeling of isolation and some previous experiences that people had been through and now needing support through it because it re-triggered those feelings of maybe being alone, being lonely, being isolated. So on the ground, we as counselors, um, I can say all of us were much busier. I feel safe in making pretty a blanket statement. There, right. All of us were pretty busy. And I actually, um, that excites me because I think a lot of people who maybe otherwise wouldn't have gotten counseling might have turned to counseling and might maybe see that there's a benefit for it or a space in their world where that can be, that can be helpful. And have you noticed maybe a bit of the stigma around um, going to counseling uh, is becoming less and less because it's more people are doing it. It's more accepted. I think so. I would say that I'm in a biased sample of people who probably... Sure, are you are a counselor, yeah. Yeah, so, but I will say that especially Gen Zers, um, and this is probably from my views on TikTok, counseling is so normalized for them. And they're like, my counselor said this, and I was told that. And it's this discussion and this discourse that I've never seen before. And so that really excites me. And and I think it's beyond that that population as well of people more just saying, hey, counseling is a thing and that's okay. And we're allowed to do this, um, which is obviously as a counselor, something that really excites me. Right. And so I'm an elder millennial. Um, what would you say to me as someone who's never been to counseling before? Who should go to counseling? Should I go to counseling? What, what is that? What's your advice around there? What's your recommendations? Okay, I'm going to start with I'm very biased, but I believe everybody can benefit from counseling. Because counseling is a space where there's someone who is not a part of your world who is going to offer feedback to help you understand your world. So even if you maybe don't struggle deeply with something, but you want some more awareness around kind of maybe some patterns that are happening in your world or some shifts that you're noticing and you need support through them, counseling can be really beneficial for that. It doesn't have to be a big issue going on in your world that says, hey, I might want someone who's just there to provide feedback and there to listen and there to hold space for me. I would say to maybe an elder millennial who hasn't gone before, my number one piece of advice would be to find a counselor that you click with. We as counselors can tell you the most important thing is the therapeutic relationship or kind of the, the connection you feel with your counselor. That's the biggest variable in terms of how well counseling goes, not the modality, not the approach, not our style. None of that matters as much as how much you like your counselor and click with them. So I would say, if you're searching for counseling, just go find someone that you like, that you're like, oh, this person seems cool. It seems like they could get me. That's actually most likely going to give you the best benefits from counseling. And how do you shop for a counselor? You said, go find someone that likes me. Do I just go, you know, start calling up counseling firms and saying, hey, like, I just want to do a little uh, a one-on-one quickly and see if I like you, see if we vibe? 
Yeah, that's absolutely one way to do it. What I generally suggest is going on to what's called Psychology Today. It's a website and most practitioners are listed on there. And it just lists all practitioners in your area, a little blurb about the counselor. You can read a little bit about them to get a bit of a sense of that counselor. And then yeah, reach out to that counselor, say, hey, I'm looking around for a counselor. I'm curious if we could connect. Most counselors offer, offer a 15 minute consult where they hop on the phone with you, chat for 15 minutes, see if there's a click. And then from there you can book that first session um, if that feels like the right person for you. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's a little easier to get a counselor than a doctor, I hope. You know, yes, easier than a doctor. Absolutely. Unfortunately, that that demand that I was talking about during the pandemic is still there. Most counselors, um, we have a wait list right now, which is something um, a little bit newer since the pandemic, but that's really the case that most counselors have a bit of a wait list. That being said, not every counselor does. And so if you really want to get in right away, you can absolutely find counselors like that. Or if you don't need to get in right away and there's someone you really click with, but there's a bit of a wait, get on their wait list. We'll reach out to you as soon as we have the chance. That makes sense. And let's say um, I've got a, a friend or a family member who's new to counseling and, and maybe they're dealing from some small T trauma. How do I support them? Hmm. I would almost ask you a question back of what do they want you to do? That it's not for you to figure that out. There's no way you're going to get it right. But what you can do is you can show up and you can ask them what they need from you. So just creating space of like, hey, I clearly know you're going through something. You're going to counseling right now. You're needing some support. Is there anything I can do to help you right now? And even if they don't have an answer, even if their answer is, I have no idea, you creating that space shows that, you know, if there is something that comes up at some point, they know that they can turn to you and they know they can ask for that thing. So I've heard you say it a couple of times. So I'm going to follow up. What do you mean by creating this space or creating a space? Right. Holding space, creating a space. Thanks for clarifying that one. Um, that's a term we talk about in counseling, which basically means allowing a person to talk about what they need to talk about and keeping them in that space without feeling like there's shame or judgment or problems with being in that space. So if someone's going through something, we as a counselor can't necessarily fix it. There's, there's nothing to fix, but that person still has a lot of emotions and a lot of experience, uh, a lot of things that need to be processed maybe in that experience. And so what we can do is we create, can create a time, a space, an atmosphere that allows you to explore whatever you're going through without shame, without judgment. And often just having that space is what helps. Just knowing that you're allowed to explore these things, allowed to feel whatever the heck you need to feel about that, that often helps us move through it and helps us shift how we're feeling about whatever it might be. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so WellMind Counseling is your own business. As someone who did not go to school specifically for business, what advice would you have for other counselors or people in similar fields or individuals who would like to start their own business or counseling practice? Yeah, I certainly did not go to school in business. I did not expect to do that. That was never my goal. I was going to work for an agency and like, you know, work as a counselor. Um, and, and here I am. I would say don't don't feel like you have to do it alone. I work with a fantastic business coach here in town who I run ideas by and I talk things through with her. And because I don't have that background, I mean, someone who does have that background, who can maybe anticipate some of the future things has been really helpful. I didn't get start working with her till relatively recently. And before that, it was a lot of trial and error. And I think that's also okay that, you know, I figured it out and I bumbled my way along. So that might be a bit of my advice of don't be afraid to experiment and figure it out, you know. If you make a mistake, it's okay. Most things are repairable and you can figure it out and then try again later in a new different way. That's great advice. I think that applies to anyone, not just future council business owners. <laughs> so we have to talk about it. Why TikTok? What got you into it? Let's hear some of the, the nitty gritty. 
it was actually totally accidental. So I have an Instagram account for my work in order to, it was to kind of get clients, drum up business as a marketing tool. And TikTok and Reels became this big thing that Instagram was really pushing. The Reels, the algorithm was like really promoting these little short videos. But there was a couple differences in terms of what you could do on TikTok versus Instagram in terms of features. And TikTok had a feature that I liked more. And to be honest, I do not remember what it was, but I know that TikTok had it and Instagram did not. And so I was telling my friend about that. I was like, oh, it sucks. Instagram doesn't have this. And she's like, well, just make them on TikTok and then bring them over. Like you can download them and then bring them over to TikTok or to Instagram. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Great idea. And then my thought process was, well, if I'm already on TikTok, I might as well just hit post as well. Like there's no harm in doing that. And yeah, TikTok took off and really blew up even more than, than Instagram. So it was a, a very happy accident. So tell us some of your experiences on TikTok. I mean, you have hundreds of thousands of followers and millions and millions and millions of views. What was the first, oh my goodness moment? What is happening here? Yeah, I had a video go viral where I was talking about maybe some of the signs of trauma that you might not know about. And the video went viral. And TikTok has this feature where you can click, it's like an analytics feature, and it shows you the total watch time or how many, how much time someone has spent watching your video. And I can't remember the exact time what it was, but it was like a week's worth. And I was like, excuse my language, holy bleep here of like, yeah. that's how much people have watched me. Like that's, that's surreal. Um, so that was the moment that I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually, this platform is really working for me and really serving me in terms of kind of promoting some of the messages that I think um, are really important and maybe not talked about quite enough. Now you said that you started Instagram to drama business. By all accounts, it sounds like you probably have a wait list um, mm -hmm. and yet you are still posting regularly if not daily on TikTok. So obviously you're not using TikTok as a business promotion tool. You're using it as an outreach tool. What have you found yeah. the success there? Fantastic. And, and I will mention, I do still use it a bit for marketing. I also do um, online courses and workshops available to a wider audience. Obviously my one-on-one -on -one clients, that's fairly booked up, but I take on a lot of people doing workshops, doing an online course. Um, so I do use it for that, but also for outreach because I um, recognize that not everybody can afford counseling, especially private practice counseling, which is what I do. It can be really costly. And so I also use TikTok as a way to kind of share some information and maybe help people at least start that process or have some solid information, some truth to, to build their knowledge on and to build their search on. Um, yeah, I feel like I lost track of your question, but I, no, think, you, that it, yeah, I think that was perfect. Yeah, it was about the marketing versus outreach. Mm. You know, you're obviously not using TikTok properly, like fully as an outreach tool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was my next question is, you know, you're kind of providing, you're not providing counseling to people, but you are providing uh, building blocks and tools for them to, you know, have those, dialogues with themselves and maybe uncover some of the small key trauma and how to how to move uh, on from it or address it what are some of the you know anecdotally you I'm sure you get private messages all the time saying wow thanks for this do you have some of those stories that you could share with us some of the messages people reached out to you and said this has done this for me or you know because of you I have yeah I certainly get a lot of those messages I will say my favorite is that it is when someone will recognize that maybe they have trauma that they that has been invalidated for a long time. Um, what's very common when we grow up in an unhealthy, a dysfunctional and abusive family is that's all you know, you don't know what other families are like. So you think your experience is normal. And recognizing and having people reach out to me and say, Oh, my gosh, I thought everybody went through this, but they don't. My experience is um, more difficult than I might have recognized or than I might have been ready to acknowledge. 
and then being ready to be at that point of like, I recognize this now I can do something about it. That place right there is so exciting to me because that's such an opportunity for growth and for healing and for change to happen. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, watching it, I was like, Oh, this, this is incredible. You know, I've never thought of it this way and perhaps it's time for me to reflect upon some things and and think about it. So that, that was really eye opening, and I'm sure that's very common uh, for you. So what are the, what are the next steps for you? You know, are you going to keep building this TikTok career kind of uh, both hands in, in both cookie jars? I think you've got it right. Yeah. Both hands in both cookie jars. I have, um, goals, I guess one would say to continue growing my agency here in town um, and being able to provide Kamloops, which has provided so much to me, be able to provide Kamloops with some really good, strong mental health support, whether that's specifically in trauma or I have some folks on my team who do, you know, anxiety, depression and slightly different work, but really be able to provide Kamloops with some solid mental health support. That's one piece. And then as I kind of alluded to, I'm doing some online courses because like I said, counseling is really inaccessible for a lot of people. And so doing online courses, which are a little bit different and that's not quite the same as therapy, but I think it can still give a really good foundation of healing for people. That's kind of where I'll be going in terms of the TikTok side of things. And also I'm really excited to see where it goes because like I say, it was never my plan. It just kind of happened. So part of it is just like, let's see where this goes and let's see where this takes me and being open to, to those possibilities. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. When we stumbled across your account uh, in the alumni office, we're, we're so excited. It's another alumni that's going big ways or <laughs> on TikTok. She's so cool. Let's, let's get her on the podcast. And, oh, thank so, you. Yeah. Give us your pluggables. Where can we find you? How should we get a hold of you? What's your TikTok? I know I said it once, but say it again for the, for all the fun people out there who want uh, to follow you on TikTok or Instagram or whatever you have. Both TikTok and Instagram are the same handle. It's at Cecile Tucker Counseling. Counseling in Canada spelled with two L's. So it's double L at the end. I know a lot of people that get uh, miss that one. And then my business is called WellMind. And if you just Google WellMind Kamloops, that'll pop up. So if you're wanting to kind of follow along for the TikTok, go to Cecile Tucker Counseling. If you're needing maybe the mental health support, the one-on-one counseling, WellMind would be the place to do that. Cecile, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, it was a real treat. Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful to be here.